0: In the scriptures, we see a word used when describing those who are able to get saved. That word is whosoever. But do you realize how big of an impact that one word had on the early church? Join us today as we talk about that. Hello and welcome to the THP Online Community Podcast. I'm Dallas here, your media pastor here at The Healing Place. I'm so glad that you've hit the play button today. Whether you listen to us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, thank you so much for inviting us to wherever you're at today. In today's promise, we're diving into an interesting conversation about the word, whosoever. I said in my opener that this word had a really big effect on the early church. It changed mindsets. It shifted the culture of the early church in a way that, to be honest, would be surprising to many of us today. I want to invite you to really lean in and listen to this message and let it challenge you, let it stir you to do something new with your own personal walk with God. If you like some prayer or maybe you like some help taking your next step or perhaps you have a testimony you'd like to share with us, reach out to us at mediahub at thb or direct message us on any of our social media networks, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All that being said, let's get into today's podcast.
1: Hey there, everyone. Thank you for welcoming me to wherever you are today. I am so excited about what we're going to talk about. Listen, there are days and there are weeks that we kind of know what we're going to do, and we've been praying into it. And, you know, we've been walking through promises every single week. And we have 52 promises for 2021, and we're kind of walking through those. But there are times, even on campus, where we just, the Lord is like, man, just putting something so deep in our heart for like right now. And we actually had another promise. Uh, in store for this week. But I, just in praying about it, I really felt like the Lord was saying, hey, you need to use this promise. And so we had more than 52 promises for the year just in case these things happened. And sure enough, this week, that was one of those. So not that you're not getting fresh out of the oven every single time. We pray into these things. We study. We go after it. But this was just something that got in my heart. I Listen, I messaged the team. I said, hey, everybody." I just know this in my heart. We need to make this switch and we need to talk about this right now. So I'm telling you that, so you'll lean in a little bit with me today. Go to the book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 43. And I think this is such a right now word for every believer, and even if you're watching this and you're not a believer, this is for you. (laughs) If you... Believe in Jesus, but maybe your relationship with him hasn't been fresh. Maybe you've stopped telling people about him. This is for you. Come on, help me out in the chat right now. This is for me. Type that out right now. For me, right? It's not for somebody else that may never watch this again. It's for all of us that are engaged with this. It's for all of us who are listening and watching right now. God has a word for us. Acts chapter 10, verse 43. Now here's our promise, and then we're going to backtrack a little bit like we normally do. Acts chapter 10, verse 43. To him, all the prophets witnessed that. Witness what? Well, Peter has just given this amazing message about everything that Christ did while he was here on earth and through his death. So he says, to him, all the prophets witness that through his name. Whoever believes in him, whoever Come on, that's important. Put it in the chat right now. Whoever, whoever, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sin, will receive forgiveness of sin. All of your sin, you can bring it now, not to some great high priest that's going to go for you, but you can bring it to Jesus And it's gone. Jesus is the great high priest. Jesus died once and for all. No more sacrifices. We are now living sacrifices. Holy and acceptable to the Lord. How? Through Jesus. Through his death and through his resurrection. Now, here's the context. Peter's not bringing this in some synagogue or temple or church. This is in a house. And this house is super important to us today. The, the, the person we're going to talk about in this scenario with Peter is super important to us today. Someone who gets forgotten in the grand scheme of the kingdom of God. And his name is Cornelius. Cornelius is like a lot of people actually in America today. He's actually like a lot of people on the earth today. He knows God, he talks to God, he's compassionate, he gives to the poor. He gives to widows, but he doesn't know the whole story, and maybe he doesn't even believe in the whole story. He doesn't know about the fullness of God. He doesn't know about the fullness of what Jesus did. He has a concept of God and who God is, but not the full picture. And I believe that's the story for a lot of people on the earth today. The Bible calls it a form of godliness, kind of knowing, but denying the power not living it out truly every day. Peter is come to this house, and the journey there is super important to us. So what's the journey? Okay, Cornelius, right? Everybody say it out loud for me. Don't just put it in the chat. Say it out loud. Cornelius. I love that. I love that. I love that. One day, hopefully, I will have a grandchild named Cornelius. All right? If not, I'm going to have a dog named Cornelius. I'm naming him right now, Cornelius. Because he's such a key figure. I so relate to this guy. And because of his faithfulness, he opens the door to all of us today. Cornelius is in Caesarea. He's in this place called Caesarea, this crazy port city where all this activity goes on and there's a lot of paganism, there's a lot of worship of military leaders, of kings, there's a lot of things, idols, all manner of things, but it's a huge port. It's a place where King Herod has built these massive structures and the chariot races by the, by the sea and all these crazy things, amphitheaters and all these, these Greek and Roman looking things that we would picture in our mind, that's Caesarea. And that's where this man Cornelius is. And he's a commander in the Italian regiment. He's a military man. And in the Italian regiment, you're talking about people who would not have looked at the, the Jewish God as the one true God and definitely would not have seen Jesus as a Messiah. Cornelius, it says in the Word of God, that he is a man who is devout. He's a devout man. He's faithful. He gives to the poor and to the widow, and he also prays to God. That's what the Bible says, he prays to God. So we can kind of relate with that. He prays to God, okay. But there's something happens to Cornelius. Like, he doesn't really see what's coming. And here's what happens to Cornelius in Acts 10, 3. It says this, And about the ninth hour of the day, he, meaning Cornelius, saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming to him and saying to him, Cornelius. So he has this vision. And what's the vision of? An angel. Now, some people, when you start talking about angels, it's like you can go off the rails so fast because there's two extremes. No angels ever again. No angelic visitation. There are angels everywhere. I see angels everywhere every day. There are angel wings flying over my head all day long. It's somewhere in between, folks. Do I believe there are angels on the earth right now? Absolutely. Do I believe that... Uh, If you entertain a stranger, it's, you know, all those things. I believe in uh, angelic protection. I believe in all those things. I believe in angelic assignment. All those things I do. But I don't believe that we're walking around every day looking for angels because our focus isn't angels. Jesus is better than angels. His blood speaks a better word. Jesus is better than the prophets and apostles and and would-be pastors and teachers and evangelists of our day. Dare I say charlatans. Posers, if you will. Jesus is higher than all of that. Jesus speaks a better word than all of that. So we're not looking for angels everywhere, man. We're, we're, we're focused on Jesus, but Cornelius hasn't had that revelation yet. So he sees a vision, and again, this is the supernatural occurrence. This guy's not necessarily used to supernatural stuff. A supernatural occurrence where he sees an angel, and the angel speaks, and the voice that comes from it is like, God's voice, and Cornelius says, what is it, Lord? And he says, your prayers and your giving have come up as a memorial before God. God has heard you, he has seen you. What an encouraging word. Like Even though he doesn't have the full picture, God hears him, and God sees him. Listen, all your prayers don't have to be perfect. You don't have to say all the perfect, God's looking for your heart. It says Cornelius was a devout man. He's a faithful man. He had a a good heart, right? But he had not received the fullness of that forgiveness and that remission of sin through Christ. Good works won't do it. You gotta have the sacrifice. You gotta have the the spotless lamb. You gotta have the blood sacrifice, the perfect to be able to absolve, to be able to, 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 uh, to remove that sin, that blot of sin upon your life and he gets this word, and it says, now, here's what I want you to do. Send men to Joppa to get a man named Peter, and here's what it says that Peter's going to do. He will tell you what you must do. No details. So many times, we're waiting for God to download all these details to us, but guess what? When we're here on the earth, we only know in part. We don't know the full story. And so Cornelius, what does he do? Does he argue with God for a couple of days? Does he wait? Does he hold off? Hey, is this really you? Is it me? Is it really you? Is it me? No, no, no. He knows it's been a supernatural occurrence. This is God. So he immediately sends his people. But what Cornelius doesn't know is that there's a man named Peter in Simon the Tanner's house in Joppa who's having a vision of his own. And in his vision, he's, he's hungry, he wants to eat, And so he falls into what the Bible calls a trance. So he's like awake, but he's kind of like, it's kind of like those moments where you're kind of awake, but you're kind of in a different place sometimes. You know, it's almost like you're seeing above everything, right? Again, not weirdo, don't go to the extreme, but yes, it does happen. Just like you're seeing a bigger picture. It's almost like instead of standing in the valley, you're standing on the mountain and you're seeing a bigger picture, right? Has that ever happened to you? I mean, that happens to me not every day, but there are moments where I'm so focused on what's in front of me in the valley, I can't see the bigger picture. And when I, when I lean into the Lord, it gives me a higher view, and I can see a bigger picture and go, oh, okay, that makes sense to me now. So Peter is is having this vision and he sees heaven open and he sees this sheet coming down in four corners and descending and and it's let down to the earth and he sees all these animals and beasts and creeping things and birds of the air. If you know anything about Jewish culture, man, there are things that are clean and unclean and 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 the 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 feet of the beast matters and the blood of the beast matters and you know the the, the bird it matters what kind of bird it is. All those different things. And the voice comes to Peter and says, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. So he's seeing these unclean things, and God's saying, Eat. And Peter's like, Wait a second, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, that's not, no way. But he knows it's the Lord. Because how do we know that? Because Peter says, Not so, Lord. He doesn't say, Not so, demon, not so, devil. Stop showing me this dream. He knows the vision. Uh, he knows the vision is from the Lord, but yet he's going, no, Lord. He's trying to like, get ahead of God. Have you ever done that before? I have. Not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything common or unclean. And here's what God says to him. God says in, in verse 15 of Acts 10, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. God says, look, I got a bigger picture of mine. You're only seeing with your own lens. You need to see with my eyes. And what was God saying? Well, in Peter's mind, the fullness of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, now what's happened, the Holy Spirit's been poured out, Jesus is resurrected. He sent the Holy Spirit to live in him. This is to the Jews. But God's going, no, no, no. This is for everyone. This isn't just for the Jews, this is for everyone. Wait a second, God. You mean those unclean Gentiles? Those ones who offer up sacrifices to false idols and false gods and who worship flesh and who who worship all these nasty, horrible things? Yes, this promises to them too. Don't call them unclean. And I can... Sort of see Peter remembering when he said, no, I don't know Jesus. No, I don't know him. No, I don't know him. How he denied Jesus. He may have known what was clean or unclean, but in that moment, he was unclean because he said no to Jesus. But Jesus came to him and said, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. You know I do. And in that moment, Peter was restored. Why was he restored? Because his actions had made him unclean. His behavior, his denial of Jesus. And Jesus came and cleansed him. The resurrected Jesus came and cleansed him. And so Peter's going through all these things, and this was done three times. The Lord's showing him and speaking three times, right? God's trying to tell him, listen, you need to listen to me. This is me. And so Peter's wondering within himself, and all of a sudden he hears it, and he knows they've come. And so the, the Spirit of God tells him, listen, they're seeking you. Go down there. Don't doubt anything. Go. Peter goes down. He says, I'm the one you're seeking. Why do you want me to come? And the, they say, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man. He fears God, has a good reputation. He summons you to his house to hear words from you. Then he invited them in, lodged them. And on the next day, Peter went away with him And some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. That's key. Other Jews from Joppa come with Peter, key. And they're going to a Gentile's house. That should not be happening. They should not be walking into an unclean Gentile's house. That was against the law, their law, against God's law. But now God has said, listen, this isn't just for the Jew. This is for everyone. Christ died and was resurrected, not just for the Jew, but for everyone for the remission of sins. Peter walks into Cornelius's house, and what's happening? Corneas has invited everybody. Have that ever happened to you? Like, you thought you were going to go have dinner with one or two people, and you showed up, and it was like, wait a second, who invited all these people? I thought I was the only one invited. So, you're kind of a little offended a little bit. Hey, wasn't this just about me being invited? But you're also a little bit overwhelmed. Like, now I've got to have a conversation with all these people. Like, I was focused on having a conversation with the host of the house. Perfect. But now I've got to have a conversation with all these people. That's uncomfortable. Peter shows up. He's not just bringing a word to Cornelius. It's everybody in the house. And what did the Lord say that Peter was going to come and do? He's just going to tell you what you need to know. He doesn't even tell Peter in his vision exactly what he's going to say when he gets there. So many times we're like, God, give me the specific. i got to know exactly what say. And The Lord's going, no, you just need to go. I've already put it in you go Peter already had the Holy Spirit filling he already had the infilling of the Holy Spirit he already had the Spirit of God in him he had already accepted Christ and believed in Christ got remission for his sins and was now filled with the Holy Spirit that he could speak forth what God was saying Peter walks into Cornelius's house it's full and here's the key Cornelius comes to him to Peter And he doesn't say, oh, Peter, brother, man, God is so good, isn't he? Man, Jesus is Lord. No. It says that Cornelius bows down before Peter and worships him. How is that possible if he prayed to God? Again, Gentile. What is in their mindset? We worship either a fleshly figure, leader, or we worship idols. We worship something or someone, right? Right? Caesar, Herod, whoever it is, a king, a ruler, a military leader, right? We worship them or we worship a statue or we worship an animal or we worship whatever it is. That's in the Gentiles mind. And what does Peter say? Does he get caught up in it and go, oh yeah, he thinks I'm something. No, no, no. Peter's been humbled. Peter lifts him up and says, stand up. I myself am also a man. You don't worship me. I'm about to bring you the missing piece, the thing you've been missing. I'm about to bring it to you. Peter goes into the house. He opens his mouth, and all of a sudden he's like, here's what's happened to me in my vision. This is like verse 34. I perceive that God shows no partiality. Basically, Peter's like, hey, God took me to the woodshed. I didn't think you were worthy of receiving this message about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But God said, he doesn't show any partiality. This message is for everybody. Have you ever gotten to that place where you thought maybe salvation was only for a certain group of people because they acted right? Have you ever looked at somebody and thought, man, they did something so bad, there's no way God could forgive that. Have you ever thought that? Maybe you've thought that about yourself. Man, do you realize what I've done? God can never forgive me for that. Well, guess what? He can, and he will. He paid the price to forgive the worst, the most wretched of sinners. Paul said, "I am chiefest among the sinners." If I can have a revelation of Jesus, if I can accept Christ, if I can receive him, if I can declare him, if I can acknowledge him, if I can confess him, if I can believe and confess, and I can receive remission of sins, anybody can. Peter says, listen, this is for all nations. And he begins to go through, and he talks about Christ, and he talks about him being Lord of all. And he talks about his baptism. He talks about how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power and doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil. And he says, we are witnesses of all the things which he did. Listen, we didn't just hear about it. We saw it. We are eyewitnesses that Jesus lived a perfect life, a sinless life, that he actually did die. And then he deals with something else. Whom they killed by hanging on a tree, verse 40 Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly. Why is that so important? Because in this day, there were people who were believing in the cross, but they had already stopped believing in the resurrection. Listen, if you believe in the cross, you need to believe in the resurrection of Jesus because it's in the resurrection that we find new life. It's not just in the cross, but it's in the grave. Because in order to live again, be born again, we have to die to ourselves and come back alive spiritually and be born again. It's not that we go back into our mom, right? We go through the grave in the flesh. We die to the flesh. We kill the flesh. We give all that to the Lord. And now we are filled with his spirit. Now we live in the spirit. We don't live in the flesh. And he says, so all these things. And he says, listen, we're, we're witnesses chosen before God. Listen, even us, and then he commanded us to preach to the people, so now he's telling them, listen, this is a command from the Lord that what we received, we've gotta share it now, and we're sharing it with you, which everyone who's a Jew says that we're not supposed to be doing, but guess what? Here's what the Holy Spirit did. The Holy Spirit broke down every single dividing wall that the world has tried to put between me and you, Cornelius. Our color, our background, Our economic status, what we drive, where we live, our city, our nation, everything that the world has tried to divide us, the Holy Spirit has broken down every single barrier. And I'm standing in your house right now to tell you that in Christ, there is no Jew, there is no Gentile, there is no male, there is no female, there is no black and brown or white or anything else. That in Christ, we are children of God. That now, through the blood of Jesus, our skin color can be different. We can be from different places. We can speak different languages. But guess what I've experienced, Peter said. I saw people speaking all different languages. And they didn't know those languages. And they were speaking all those languages. And people understood those languages in their own language. Because it was in their own language. How did that happen? It was supernatural. It was the Holy Spirit. That now, even the things with language that divide us, God supernaturally crosses that barrier to where we can hear the message of the gospel of Jesus. Like, he's breaking everything down in this house. I can't imagine standing in that house. Can you imagine being in that house and just watching all this unfold? And he says, and commanded us to preach. And then comes the promise. To him, Jesus, all the prophets witnessed all this. Through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. They'd never heard this word before. And look what happens. Here's where it comes down to us. Whether you're a Cornelius today or whether you're Peter. Maybe you're Cornelius and, man, you have this kind of image of God and you've been praying to God sort of, but not really knowing the whole story. Not really knowing the fullness of not only Christ's death, but his resurrection. And now knowing that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you're Peter, and you've been in this thing a long time. And man, you know the Lord, you receive forgiveness, man, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You've seen amazing things, but yet you're there questioning God. Man, God, this is for somebody else. This isn't for me. Like, surely this is for somebody else. I'm not the one to go to the Gentiles. Are you kidding me? No way. Like, seriously, God? You're choosing me? Yeah. Yeah, you. I've commanded you, by the way. I'm not just suggested. I've commanded you to go and preach. He has commanded all of us who would accept him and receive him to go. Not across the world. Let your voice be heard in your neighborhood. There's a Cornelius in your neighborhood who's just waiting. God is speaking to them, and they're just waiting for Peter to answer the call, for you to answer the call, and step across the street. You don't even have to go from Joppa to Caesarea. Step across the street and cross the threshold of that doorway, of that person that doesn't look like you or is not from the same background, and you've just broken through every barrier the world has tried to bring. And you're not just bringing a word, you're bringing the Holy Spirit. And look what happens. While Peter was still speaking, he wasn't even done. (laughs) And by the way, he didn't even know what he was going to say. I think he did pretty good. They didn't even know what he was going to say. And while he was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon everyone who heard the word. Now remember, who came with Peter? People in Joppa. He had Jews there too. So the Holy Spirit didn't just fall on Gentiles, but everybody who's in the house. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. Who's that? Those are the people that came from Joppa with him. They're astonished. As many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. Evidence to them that this word was for everybody, not just them. That'll humble you, by the way. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then Peter answered, Can any forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. You think? Like my house just got transformed. I don't want you to leave. Can you hang out for a couple of days? Like if this is how you walk into my house, I want to see what happens if you hang out for a couple of days. And so now what begins to happen is apostles and other people begin to hear in Judea that the Gentiles had received the word of God. And you know what happened? They didn't go, yay, it's for everybody. They were like, no way, this can't be God. And what does Peter do? He does the same thing that he did in Cornelius' house. Hey, here's what's up. I had a vision. Here's what God said. He rebuked me. He broke me down. And here's what God did in Cornelius' house. And in Acts chapter 11, verse 18, it says, When they heard these things, they became silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. And all of a sudden, boom, the full gospel message explodes out of Caesarea. It's almost like God just kicked the door from Caesarea to the rest of the world wide open. And it just shattered. And every dividing line around the world was brought low so that the fullness of the message of Christ and him crucified, dead, buried, resurrected, sending the Holy Spirit, went to the whole world. And guess where it went? It went to you. Whenever it came to you, that's where it came from. That door opening from Caesarea. If you're a Gentile, if you're not a Jew by birth, guess what? Caesarea. That's where it came from. Let me remind you of our promise again. Acts 10, 43. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. What an amazing promise. Whoever, everyone, if you acknowledge him, if you believe, if you confess, you will receive forgiveness of your sins. And in that promise, those of us that have accepted that and walk in that, now our duty is what? To go and tell, to go and speak, to go and prophesy, to go and declare the exact message that Peter brought to that house. To find the Corneliuses in our cities and our neighborhoods and to break down every barrier that the world has tried to put up, and there's a lot of them. And to go and say, man, God came to me and I had to say, yes, here's what God is saying. And guess what? When you do that, you might see whole entire households change forever. You may see the Holy Spirit poured out in a neighborhood street, right in your front yard talking to a neighbor, in someone's house, in a courthouse, downtown, in a store, wherever. But it wasn't a synagogue, it wasn't a temple, and it wasn't a church. It was a house. Man, why do we do home groups, Cornelius? <laughs> why do we do small groups? Why, why do we want to do stuff outside the church building, Cornelius? Why, why do we want to do that? Because we come to the harbor, we get refueled and fueled up, we see and we hear what God is saying, and boom, we go out. And we find those who have never heard, and we find those that have only heard just a little bit, and we bring a better understanding of the fullness of what God has for them. So maybe you're watching today and maybe you haven't received the fullness of remission of sins, forgiveness of sins. Maybe there's sin just deep in your life. and Maybe you allowed God to only go to the surface of that. Can you let him go all the way and receive the fullness of that like Cornelius' house today? Because Jesus died once and for all and all includes you. In the name of Jesus, I declare today, that if you feel lost, if you've been away from God, if your life is just filled with sin, if your mind is filled with sinful thoughts, if your heart is filled with sinful feelings, if your life just seems to be just out of control, I pray that you would come to that one who died once and for all, Jesus Christ. There is no other way but through Christ that you'll come to him and you'll acknowledge what he has done and 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 what he offers to you and you will believe and then you will confess that jesus christ is lord that's where it's at don't worry about the right words just put your heart in the right direction forgive me lord i'm sorry i receive it right and then maybe you're like Cornelius. maybe you're like peter wherever you're at today in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I declare that you would say yes to the full gospel message the fullness of the word of God the fullness of what God has offered to you you would say yes and because of that your family may be transformed and your house may be transformed or you may be the reason that a house is transformed by the power of God and I declare these things over you and just with you in Jesus name Amen. Hey, I love you. Thank you guys for just uh, following our stuff and just being fully engaged. And, you know, even for watching my weird personal videos and just following that journey. I just want to say thank you. I don't say that enough to you, but I just want to say thank you. And I I do love you. We love you. Listen, if you got a testimony, if you accepted Christ today, if you received forgiveness of sin today, if you made that next step like Cornelius or maybe like Peter today, Would you please share that with us, mediahub at thpshreveport.com. We would love to hear that. We would love to celebrate, and we would love to pray with you and for you. God bless you.